0: Hello, and welcome back to The Axe on 107.1 KLJX LP Flagstaff. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kristen Chancellor, and joining me, like always, is my co-host, Brendan Martin. Brendan, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am good. We can finally be in the booth as normal.
0: Yeah, it's great. We're back in. We're back recording. Uh, joining us tonight is Dallas. Dallas, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Jumping right in, we are going to take a look at NAU fo- football and their upcoming game against Southern Utah this weekend. This is our rivalry game and our homecoming game for the season. Brendan, what do you expect from the team?
1: So going in, NAU's coming off of a bye week, which is obviously great. They're going to be a lot fresher. They're going to have, a, hopefully, their injury situation will be looking a lot better. We know that uh, starting off, he probably even with, RJ Martinez most likely starting. T will probably at least having Woodti there as a as a backup just in case would be would be great, just in case anything happens or if they need him for anything. We know that uh, in the Idaho State game, Jeff Widener came in for one play while uh Martinez got cut and he had to get a band aid. Uh so that so that would be uh you know, being having him be able to come in for one play like that would be would be great. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I think he's been in practice he's been healthy he's been ready to go for the past few weeks now um, so he's certainly a good backup plan for NEU at this point uh, kevin daniels we know he played against idaho State as well uh he was coming off of a, of a concussion that uh mitch stroman he, he announced that on during the broadcast that you know he had a concussion we talked about that on uh, the last edition of the show that we did via podcast due to the fact that uh neu's wi-fi was not cooperating and we couldn't get the booth to work but you know we're back here live and in action for you here all uh tonight um so yeah i think we're gonna get more of the same i expect you know nau uh has a, f- a fairly good recent past against southern utah there they played them twice last year in the spring season uh they won both times the first game of the year in the spring was a oh, you know a walk-off win uh where T in his first career start got a he passed a, it was a one year i think it was a one-year pass to coleman owen who also made his first career start uh, for the game-winning touchdown at the very end. Um, and then in the second to the last game of the season, uh, of the spring season, they went up to Cedar City, Utah, to play against the Thunderbirds. And after a slow start, they scored 28 unanswered uh, points to win that game and keep the trophy. So it's a huge game. Homecoming is always special. Uh, it's a, a team like Southern Utah where they're a rival, but they are leaving the Big Sky next year to go join the, the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. So this is the last time that NEU and Southern Utah will be playing each other for at least the next eight years until a recently negotiated contract between the two schools uh, made sure that they would continue to play each other uh, every year, even after even after the they're they're no longer conference opponents. But Dallas, let's go to you now. Uh, what do you think about N U football at this point, and then what do you expect from this game coming off out of a bye week?
2: I definitely expect them to be well prepared off of a bye week. The coach, def- coaches have definitely had a lot of time to prepare for Southern Utah, and Coming summer, Utah came off of a kind of a tough game. And NEU, their last game, they kind of did what we expected them to do, what we want them to do. And it's going to be big on them to just take care of the ball. Southern Utah has a lot of playmakers on defense. They they take away the ball a lot. Uh, They have four different players that have recovered a fumble on this year. So Southern Utah is very takeaway hungry. So it's going to be big to just protect the ball.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think NEU found their momentum in their last home game on October 2nd and I think going off of that they know what that win feels like and they know how big of a weekend this is so I think especially with it being our rivalry and our last and the Lumberjacks last time playing this team for a while like you said Brendan it will be a big deal for these players they have something to prove not only to themselves but to their coaches and they want to come out and win I think RJ Martinez is going to start, like we said, and show up with the ability to make those passes. I think on the defense, Carson Taylor, Morgan Vest will all be there. Joining on the offense, besides RJ Martinez, you may have Coleman Owen again, Hendricks Johnson, because Stacey Chukwumsey's out. All these players are going to come out and start taking their chance at proving themselves like they already haven't. And maybe that will encourage other players to take their chance on the lumberjacks. Team starting to show up so their names can be mentioned
1: yeah I mean last week we saw it was it was Jamal Glaspie he was that one guy who showed up uh he fill, he filled in for Stacy tooklummsey he was the their next guy up he even said so in the post game press conference that uh, I got a chance to speak to him with he's like he knew he was next and he knew he needed to step up uh you know he's a he's a transfer from Fresno State uh so he has you know that experience but he was his first time this is his first season with the new team in here at NEU. uh so he certainly showed up so, yeah, I think we'll, we'll expect to see a lot of him. I think he and RJ have certainly built up this brand-new connection uh, that we haven't seen before. But uh, the reason why I, th- I say NU should be favored in this one, looking at Southern Utah and their season so far, they're currently 1-5 overall. That includes 0-3 against the big, uh, the big Side Conference. They started off their season with a loss to San Jose State, then they lost to ASU. Uh, they got their only win of the season against uh, Tarleton State, uh, and that was a close 40-35 to 35 win in Arlington, Texas. Um, then they lost to Eastern Washington, who is probably the, the front runner in the, in the big Sky right now, especially after their win against Montana a few weeks back on ESPN plus or ESPN two. Uh, and then they just lost to Sacramento state, uh, just this past Saturday and Sacramento State it's also a really underrated team in the big sky. So it's a tough schedule for them, but I think with how, how much they struggled and really where this team is going, I would consider their, their move to the WAC. I think it's a step down for them. I think they realize that you know i think they realized that the big sky just wasn't a big a good fit for them uh at least in football i mean other sports we can look we can talk about other sports and what they what Uto does but they're 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 hardly ever mentioned really aside from men's basketball uh last year where they're hardly ever mentioned as you know pr- premier favorites in you know big sky sports um they're also they also have a, a solid uh track and cross country team too i will give them credit for that i think they're like the men's seems like ranked fourth or something uh so they, they, they have their, their, their talents for sure, but I think the move, I think it's a calculated one, and it's one that I think will benefit them in the future.
0: I agree, Brendan. I think they realize that, like you said, Big Sky wasn't a good fit. I think they weren't producing in the Big Sky. I also think their talents weren't being showcased in a way because they're such big teams in this division. While it's not paired with ASU, U of A, Alabama, those types, it's still big for this schools that are within it, and I just don't think Southern Utah could hang in the the, uh, division with us. Dallas, do you have any thoughts?
2: I definitely 100% agree. I think doing that step, I think it just brings a lot of, I feel like your fans are going to feel better, your players are going to feel better. It's better knowing that you are more fairly in a competition with your rivals instead of it being more like one school is a lot more favored because they get more recruits, or whatever it is. It's better for them to be more evenly matched up with their peers, and you know, they might be able to do something in the WAC.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think hopefully we'll see Southern Utah become a bigger name to school in the WAC. And obviously, the Lumberjacks and their fans are sad to see this rivalry go and not play for at least, like Brendan, you said, eight years. But the Lumberjacks. Hopefully, we'll prove their fans that they can keep the trophy, but we'll have to see what comes from this weekend and with homecoming. There's multiple homecoming events with football, such as the Bonfire on Thursday, where they will light it up and give a little pep talk to their fans. Coach Ball will be there and talk. Then Saturday, we have the tailgate and obviously the big game, which is huge for fans and the Lumberjacks. As they get to welcome their fans back to the dome once again after their bye week, Brendan Dallas, are you guys going to anything this weekend for homecoming?
1: Uh, I certainly want to check out the carnival. Now, I'll, I'll be at the Coconino High School football game where they take on uh, the Prescott Badgers. They'll be in town. Uh, that'll be Friday night. At uh, that game starts at seven. Uh, you can catch that uh, that game uh, on calflegends.com or I'll be the sideline reporter for the game. Um, so, you know, I'll, unfortunately, I missed a good chunk of the, the carnival, barring any unforeseen cancellations. I know the Coconino High School football teams had some COVID issues recently. They, they did get off a game last weekend against Lee Williams that they won. Um, but, yeah, I think, that, I mean, the bonfire has always been special. That's something I remember doing my freshman year and thinking that was just really cool. And then my sophomore year, especially, that's the last time it's happened. It's been two years now since it's, that it's yeah. happened. I remember that being a, a particularly uh, good moment for, my, for myself and my friends. I know they, they enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's certainly great to to see that come back uh, in action, but yeah, I mean, homecoming is great. I mean, obviously, with how crowded uh, <laughs> campus seems nowadays, especially after last year, it's it's going to be definitely hard uh, to get back into the swing of that. And man, it's going to be cold now. Yeah. Of course, of course, homecoming has to happen as soon as it starts getting cold. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's part of the the what we love about Flagstaff is that the weather is so you know so different from you know month to month seemingly. So. Uh, but yeah, going back to Southern Utah, I yeah, like like you said, uh, they certainly weren't playing up to the competition. I mean, looking at uh, the the past uh, their past few seasons, their last winning season was in twenty seventeen, where they were nine and three. Uh, in twenty eighteen, however, they were only one and ten uh, throughout the entire season. They're only one coming against Sacramento State at home, and then in twenty nineteen, the year after that, they were only three and nine. And then in, in the spring season, just last semester, they were only one and five. So clearly there was something, it just wasn't, it wasn't quite working. I mean, you know, you hear the name Southern Utah and you're like, okay, I don't know what where, where I don't know exactly what that entails. I don't know where that is. I don't know, you know, what does that school do like differently compared, to you know, NEU, maybe I think NEU has a little, slightly more cachet now, not only because of its uh, success in smaller, smaller sports like tennis, cross country, uh, et cetera, and golf, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of them finally coming to realization that. There are other teams uh other conferences nearby where other schools that are also nearby that they can play up to more of their level and maybe it'll it'll deem some success and then maybe they'll start getting some winning seasons
0: yeah we are going to take a quick break but stay tuned we'll be coming back to talk about football a little bit more and then we'll have our jacks jeopardy stay tuned welcome back to the axe i'm kristen still with brendan and dallas here and we are talking all things NAU football. We briefly previewed their game against Southern Utah this upcoming weekend at 1 p.m. in the J. Lawrence Walk-Up Skydome.
1: Is there anything
0: you both are wanting to see from the Lumberjacks that you haven't seen from them this season?
1: Uh, nothing that's particularly like different from what, I've, what I saw, especially against uh, Idaho State. But what I want to see is a complete game another complete game on the defensive end. I mean, we know that uh, the offense is certainly showing up, especially against Idaho state. Um, but I, I just want to see a complete game. And now I think that the, the sort of the dichotomy of the big sky has really changed now, especially with the recent results that we got this past weekend. I'm going to try to pull up uh, the, some other scores that we got uh, this past weekend during any bye week. week. Uh, well, any currently, sit, I can tell you this N.U. currently sits in seventh in the big Sky standings at uh, two and three, uh, overall with a cover record of one and one. Um, but looking at specifically, there's one game I want to talk about on the scoreboard here, and that is Idaho state who played last week, their game after NU going against UC Davis, who was ranked seventh in the FCS and they, they beat them down pretty well, winning 27 to 17, uh, a huge upset in the big sky and in the FCS for sure, you know, UC Davis, they were a team that was, I think they were undefeated in the big sky at the time they had just beaten Weber state uh, so that's, that's huge for that in, in that sense as well. Um, so yeah, I think with how, how, um, fluid, fluid the big sky is at this point, I think that is certainly, leaves the door open for any to make a huge run and possibly if, if, if the cards, you know, fall in the right way and they fall on the right side, they can make a run at, uh, at an FCS playoff bid. I definitely agree with you. I think
2: that any, you definitely has a shot at this you just needs to continue on just building off of each and every game and take it one step at a time. You're not going to build a dominant program overnight. It just happens. You got to build it one step at a time. And I think exactly what you said, it starts with building a complete game on defense. If they can do that, I think that will show a lot of improvement and people will show like the work that they've been putting in is definitely showing on the field.
0: Yeah, I agree looking at their bye week the lumberjacks had saturday and friday off of practice do you think that was a good move on the coaching staff or do you think they should have practiced those days
1: i think a big part of it is the recruiting right now i know they spent uh after their practice wednesday um the coaches went pretty much all around arizona and california to start the recruiting process and we're starting to see i know uh they've retweeted a few players on twitter saying that they've committed or to Nau, or that they've received offers from Nau. So that's you know certainly great to see uh, a program be able to get earn that cachet and be able to get those types of uh, get some types of uh, recruits in that sense. I know that Idaho State game was huge for recruiting. They had uh, I wanna they, they had, had a, fifty recruits yeah. at that game. Yeah, fifty recruits at the game, and I'm sure I'm sure they picked that game specifically, knowing that Idaho State is the team that they are, and it, it made it certainly made Nau look good uh, in that sense. But um, I think that when you're competing against other teams in the big sky for recruiting I think anyu uh, certainly has a, has the added benefit of being in Arizona where you're getting a lot of talent from maybe the Phoenix area but we're also getting uh some talent from California as well which is obviously a huge there's a huge pool of talent there so you kind of you know you're kind of sandwiched in the middle there and it's sort of the best of both worlds
2: 100% agree I think I think it's been known that Arizona's honestly one of the best recruiting places especially Being out here, especially you have ASU out here, you have U of A, now NEU's coming up. And NEU's put in a lot of games where, especially this past Idaho State game, where it looks like NEU's putting in the work and the team is coming up. So I feel like a lot of recruits, especially in regional areas that aren't necessarily in Flagstaff, they're hearing of Northern Arizona a lot more than they probably used to have. And I think that's great. And that's great for the football program.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like we said, check out this game Saturday at 1 p.m. against Southern Utah. It'll be on ESPN or Lumberjack Radio Network. Or just come out to the Skydome and check it out. Next, we are going to do Jack's Jeopardy, our new segment where we ask our guests and each other now a few questions about NEU Athletics. Brendan, starting us off, do you want to go?
1: uh i guess i will maybe i do maybe <laughs> i don't um so this is a question that so what we do on the show obviously jack's jeopardy we give you the uh trivia on NEU sport specifically uh we chris and i each have two questions we'll alternate i have my first question and it'll be fittingly enough about football so to the both of you dating back to 2009 what is neu football's series record against southern utah
0: Two thousand nine. Yes,
1: yeah. that's as far back as the athletics Play has, as you know, considering the uh, the Grand Canyon Trophy.
2: Mm.
0: Dallas, do you want to guess
2: first?
1: <laughs> um, so if it was two thousand nine, in total, it'd be like twelve games.
0: Is it
1: 12, 13? Right, but like, what what is the record in those series? So it's I'll I'll, go, I'll go tell you how many games there are. Yeah, how many total? Uh, there are thirteen. There 13? have been thirteen, so they play every year.
0: I'm gonna go six and seven.
1: Six and seven is that your final answer?
0: That is my final answer. <laughs>
1: okay, Dallas. I'm gonna go eight and five. Eight and five. So Kristen, you said that NU has a below five hundred record against Southern Utah. Is that correct? Yeah. You are correct. It is actually yeah. it is actually six and seven, um, dating back to two thousand nine. That first game in two thousand nine, NU won that game forty two to thirty nine. Uh, after you know, before the spring season, in in the last game that these two teams had in the fall, uh, Southern Utah had uh, had the Grand Canyon Trooper. They Won that game thirty to thirty one. So uh, that spring season, having those two wins was certainly a huge boost to get that trophy back. So, NEU certainly now has the chance to make this series an even draw uh, by the time it's done for, for at least the foreseeable future. So, uh, good job, Kristen, I didn't, yeah, good job. I did not expect to to see, hear a right answer on that one, but that's that's good, so congratulations.
0: You know, it really was just a guess, so, you know. We'll believe It you. worked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my question is about NEU volleyball, which we'll be talking about next up on the show. So who has the most assists on the NAU volleyball team this season and how many is it?
1: Okay. Now this is an interesting one because looking at their roster, just looking at, just off the roster and not anything else, I won't look at any stats or anything. Uh, I want to say, I want to, names that pop up to my mind, pop up in my mind immediately are, uh, Jordan Elder. cause she's played a lot. She's played majority of games, uh. Um, Millie O'Ketter maybe is a good one as well. I know she's a defensive specialist. Uh, It's tough. I think my final, final answer is going to be Jordan Elder.
0: Dallas, what about you?
1: Um, I'm going to go Millie O'Ketter.
0: For both of you, it is Aubrey Banfield with 277 assists this season.
1: Wow. Wow, impressive. Who has who's next on that list?
0: Kate Hatch with two hundred and forty one. Okay. I know Jordan what... Elder had zero.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> that just goes to show how much I know. Um yeah, I mean that's interesting because I I mean I try to base it off of playing time. So I know Hatch gets like subbed out a a, a good a decent amount. So I don't know. That yeah, that's a good question. Certainly stumped me.
0: Brennan, back to you.
1: All right, with my pride somewhat still intact i'll ask my question Uh, this is about soccer which we'll be talking about near the end of the show with uh michael manny um he'll be our our second guest on the show so do the both of you uh i'll give you a little bit of a pre of um some some context to this question uh neu soccer as we mentioned on the show countless times you're probably tired of it by now uh they have two freshman goalkeepers on the team at the start of the season they, they play both of them kind of split time now, as the season progressed, they've dedicated uh, st- full time to one, not being Natalie Manzo. Um, But before they had a, two freshman goalkeepers, they did have a basically a full time goalkeeper who played, who was their starter for three and a half to four years. That being Taryn Benham. Uh, so, how many career saves does Taryn Benham have? Remember, she played she played all four years. She was the starter. She became the starter half a little bit after halfway in her freshman season. So. How many career saves does Taryn Benham have? May I ask for a hint? <laughs> I can give you a hint. Yes,
0: I forgot we allowed hints last time.
1: I could have used that a little bit on the last question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go between seven and nine. Saves. Saves.
1: There's not shutouts. Saves. Oh
0: shoot! Yeah. Um...
1: She. I'll give you. So she had 23 career shutouts. I'll give you that. So those are, you know, how many? Those are games where she did not give up a single goal, in her as a full time keeper. I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It is a three digit number. Wow. Three digit. Three digits in terms of how many saves? Yeah, I thought you were talking shutouts
0: at <laughs> <out> first. <laughs> yeah. Dallas,
2: uh, you can um, answer I'm, first. I'll go and throw out a
1: number. I'm gonna go 121. 121. Okay.
0: I'm going to
1: do 107. 107. You guys both undershot very much, just like players undershot against Taryn when she was goalkeeper. Uh, The total is actually 189. Oh, wow. That's how many saves she had. Now, I do have a bonus question, if you guys would like to answer that. Uh, With their 189 career saves, where does that rank Taryn Benham on the all-time NEU goalkeeper's uh, saves list? Third. Third. Is that your final answer? Yeah.
0: Dallas?
1: Dallas? second second okay <laughs> Is not the price is wrong on this one is actually she's actually sixth uh all time at 189. uh you i highly recommend you looking at this list at the top of the list you get into the into the 300s and the 200s and that at that so uh certainly shows a, a quite a, a different time of uh soccer in any athletics so but uh you know still i mean that's, that's definitely a tough one but you know good job uh you guys were you know fairly close after i gave you that hint but uh yeah, uh, we? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, maybe we'll see uh, in the next few years if Natalie Manzo or any other goalkeeper in the future can top, uh, get into the top ten in any of these lists. But, anyways, Kristen, your final question.
0: Yes, this is not about a specific team. What year did the NAU Athletics Hall of Fame begin? And there will be a follow up question after this.
1: Okay, so this one's definitely a vague one thanks for that
0: very big uh-huh
1: um i know that hmm i know it's been at least it's been a decent while like i remember the, oh, the, i think it was one of the very first people on, on uh in the new in hall, Th- hall of fame hall of fame there it's like their 20th 20th or 25th anniversary of that being happening so i'm gonna say uh if my math is right um you're saying asking what year okay I'm gonna say 1990. That's my final answer.
0: Dallas. Go with
2: 1975.
0: And to both of you, it is 1981. The NAU Hall of oh, Fame.
1: Wow. So I think you're taking. Te- I think you were taking it closer. A little bit. Little yeah, bit. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: You can take it as a win. I don't think, I,
1: I don't think I've gotten a single win on, on, on Jack's jeopardy.
0: You have not. And how many people were inducted during its first year? That is your follow-up question, Brennan. You may be able to redeem yourself.
1: I probably won't, but okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to say 34.
0: Inducted in the first one? In the first
2: year. I'm going to say 12. It is 10
0: people oh were inducted. <laughs> Brendan.
2: Wow. there's <laughs> a, a lot of people inducted the whole game. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: They were all between the years the, dating back to 1921. 1937 1931
1: 1968 okay you would think with how far back they would have gone they would have gone a few more people in that first year
0: i agree i was shocked to see it was only 10.
1: i'll take a moral victory on that one (laughs) (laughs) even though it was completely even though it was completely wrong
0: well coming up we are going to talk about nau volleyball and nau soccer but that is all for Dallas on tonight's episode. Dallas, thanks for joining us. Hope you had some fun and learned some random facts about Jack's Jeopardy.
1: And Dallas, uh, where can people find you? I know you you host one of the UK Jack Sports shows, correct? Oh, people can catch me right over here, right here on
2: KLJPX or KLJX LP Flagstaff. There you go. There on you Double go. Double and seven to eight thirty on Thursday nights. And we're talking about nfl nba mlb and
1: various other sports i'm sure you'll be talking about that john gruden news that just came out tonight oh yes <laughs> yeah definitely a big one I'd certainly recommend tuning in there uh but like kristen said we'll be back in just a few minutes with our brand new guest michael manny and we'll talk about neu volleyball and neu soccer stay tuned
0: welcome once again back to the axe i'm sweet one of your co hosts kristen joining me brendan and we have a new guest Michael Manny. Michael, how are you doing tonight?
1: Guys, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It, it all comes full circle. Uh, Michael and I were on the Rich Report earlier this morning right here on KLJX LP in Flagstaff on uh, 107.1 FM radio. So, you know, it's good. You know, we're starting your day with, with doing some radio. We're ending the day with some radio. So I uh, was so super happy to, to do that. Now, let's talk any volleyball. The season's been going underway for quite a while now. But but before we do that, we're going to do, we're going to ask, I thought it would be fun, we thought it would be fun that if we talked about Jack Shepherdy with Michael. Michael, uh, you listened into a, a part of our, our uh, the end of the last segment. So um, with that being said, we're going to ask you the same question and see how you stack up against Dallas, who did pretty well. He did pretty well for how tough the questions were. So uh, I will start off with my first question that I asked Dallas. Uh, dating back to 2009, what is NEU Football's series record against Southern Utah, who they play next week or this week? Uh, let's see. That's a good question.
0: To give reference, it was we only know 13 games. There are thir- there were thir- 13 games been, since Yeah,
1: since 2009 when the rivalry became quote-unquote official, they played 13 times. So what is their record in those 13 games?
3: 6 and 7.
1: Wow! Ding 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 ding! What? Are you sure you didn't listen in on no, that part? That was a, that was a complete <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael
0: nice. and I both got it. Nice,
1: nicely done. Good job. Good job. All right, Kristen.
0: So looking at NAU volleyball, which we will get to talk about soon, who has the most assists on the NAU volleyball team this season, and how many is it?
1: For reference, I I, I answered this with a player, and apparently she had zero. So yeah.
0: oh. Brendan lost this. So
1: by a lot. Um.
3: Hmm. Taylor Jacobson, 50.
0: Incorrect. It is actually Aubrey Banfield with 277 assists this season.
1: Oh. Well, at least, I mean, how, I don't know how many Taylor had, but I know Taylor is certainly is their leader in kills right now. Uh, for sure, but I don't know exactly how many assists she has
0: Taylor has fourteen assists, but she does lead with hundred and eighty one kills okay Let's see yeah,
1: that makes sense Well hey, it's better than better than zero I got <laughs> um, so yeah uh okay all right my question here is about NEU soccer uh how many how many career saves does Taryn Benham have She was the goalkeeper uh before the two freshman goalkeepers came in this year. I'll give you a hint because I gave Dallas a hint it's in the triple digits
3: in the triple digits. Uh, let's
1: see. 115. 115. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. You are cl- actually, didn't one wasn't, didn't Dallas, was it you or Dallas I said 112? I said
0: 107. Dallas said 121. 121,
1: that's right. So you guys were around the same ballpark. It's actually 189. That's how many say career saves that Taryn Benham had, uh, during her time at NAU. Uh, a bonus question, real quick. She was in the top ten in in that category. What 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 place in that top ten do you think she's at? Fourth. Fourth. You're close. It's actually sixth. Uh, so very close. All right. uh the, the, these these uh, Kristen and Dallas sits uh, third and second. So, yeah, I think you're te- you're technically closer on that one. So we'll I think you-
0: you're doing better than we did. So
1: yeah. So we'll give you credit to that. Uh, and then, um. I believe you you heard the Hall of Fame question. I did right? hear the Hall of Fame. Okay. All right, yeah.
0: so I have found another question to ask quickly in my in the transition. So, how Northern Arizona University, a member of the Big Sky Conference, sponsors how many NCAA Division One level athletic programs?
3: Uh, let's see, the fourteen
0: close brendan do you want to guess
1: is it 13
0: it's 15 oh, of course i went one so close you the went one, the, way. Wrong yeah, way, one brendan. the wrong
1: way and i think price is right i still lose with that with that being said
0: you would because michael guessed better than you.
1: hey he, he guessed <laughs> first so
0: all right that is it for jack's jeopardy tonight great job to dallas and michael and brendan and myself for all of our guesses now we're going to take a look at nau volleyball they had two games this past week, winning one against Sacramento State in a clean sweep, and then a loss to Portland State Saturday in 3-1. to one. Michael, what are your thoughts on these games, and what do you think of the team so far this season?
3: Well, it's safe to say the team didn't have the best start to the season that they were expecting. That, that's one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. Conference play was, or non-conference play, I should say, was, in a word, rough. Brutal, Not not Br-
1: brutal. Meaning not only because of how good the teams they were playing against, but also that they had three cancellations yeah. in that as well. So it's
3: just it was you know
1: losses and just
3: bad luck that was out of their control. So tough break there. But since they've gotten in the conference play, they've turned it around. They lost in three sets, three sets the one versus Sac State on Saturday, but they've won four of six Big Sky games. They're fifth and their fifth in their conference, so they've started to turn it around and they're middle of the pack in the conference now. So they've they've turned it around in conference play where they could still make some noise in the tournament, which they've turned it around to the point where I think they'll get in. What they do when they get there, who knows? We'll see. But they've been able to turn it around to the point in conference play where they've able been able to salvage their season
1: yeah I agree I think that even with how tough non-conference was I don't think there was a question that this team was going to make the big side tournament uh, the difference with volleyball is that volleyball eight of the the top eight seeds uh get into the tournament as opposed to soccer where it's just six so I think they're they're certainly in a safer bubble there um I think that there's still plenty of time left in this season to where they can sort of make up that ground that they missed out uh, in non-conference play if it ever comes to a tiebreaker with one of these teams. Uh, but looking at the Sacramento State game, this is a huge win for any, for NEU Volleyball. Uh, not only because it was a road win, it was the first time N.U. has won a, a road game in Sacramento State in the Nest in, I believe, about 10 years. So the Nest in Sacramento State has historically been one of the tougher places to play, uh, and that has been no different for NEU. So the fact that NEU was able to get in there and take a, a straight set sweep uh, was certainly impressive, considering also uh, that... Um, none of the NEU Lumberjacks in the Sacramento State game had double-digit kills. Their highest killer was Taylor Jacobson, no shocker there, but she only had nine kills and seven attack errors uh, with that as well. Uh, uh, Morgan Gatmeyer followed that up with eight. And you only had 37 kills in this game compared to 30 of Sacramento State. So looking at that, you wouldn't expect this to be a sweep, uh, but I think errors on, on the Hornet side really, really killed this game for them.
0: I think another thing to mention about the Sacramento State, uh, prior to that night, NU had not defeated Sacramento State in the nest since a five-set win in 2011. So this was a big win for the Lumberjacks. I think, like you said, it was interesting to see the numbers out of this game and the statistics because the numbers weren't high. Taylor Jacobson is a player who is known to put up double digits in kills, and with only nine, it was quite surprising. Looking at the numbers, though, they were pretty close on both teams. Sac State had 19 errors, NAU at 14. Attempts, 110 on Sac State, 105 to NAU. NAU had more kills at 37 compared to Sac State's 30. But with the numbers so close, you would have expected this game to be closer. And in all three sets, they were pretty close as well. The first set, NAU took it 25 to 20. Second, 26 to 24, barely taking it in the second set. And the third, 25 to 25-15. While NAU showed up and took the clean sweep, they didn't really show up on the court. I feel like there were a lot of errors that could have been fixed on their part. And I think that carried over to their game against Portland State, losing to the 3-1 three, 3 and one set loss. They did have Taylor Jacobson and Morgan Gatmeyer in the Portland State game. Take 14 kills each, but obviously it wasn't enough. So, did the lower numbers in a clean sweep mean that Sac State just was not as tough a competitor, or what does that look like?
1: I think real quickly. I, I think it shows that you know. I think any you, uh, it was the, it was their final match of a four match road trip that started last week. So obviously, uh, a, a factor could be fatigue. They had just played a game only a few days prior to that. Um, so with that being said, I think they still kind of underestimated Portland State. Portland State has a has a good amount of. Uh, uh, strong killers with a uh, with Michaela Lewis and uh, Parker Webb as well, who are among the top six uh, in kills among the Big Sky. Um, uh, but looking at what how how that game played out, because I covered that game for the Lumberjack, you can catch that game recap on jackseptor.org. Um It was one of those weird games where there were a lot of weird calls of out of position calls that were called on on the Portland State Vikings and they, they caught NEU uh, at the end as well. Uh, errors, as always, played a huge part in this one. Um, even something I didn't know, you can get yellow carded in volleyball. Can you? Yeah, I really can. You can. That's what ha- on the broadcast. Uh, the Portland State Vikings got two yellow cards, according to the, to, uh, the commentator. So, which is odd, considering they had they were, ended up winning the game and had full control uh, after the second half of the second set. Um, but I think N U kind of kind of you know it took out took too much energy out early. They won the first set. Uh, they were in the lead in the second set. Uh, but, yeah, I think they they severely misunders- underestimated Portland State, and I think Portland State could be a, a tough out if the, the two were to meet in the Big Sky tournament.
0: I agree. Another update looking at the NFL team, volleyball team, Lila Hollis is supposed to come back. Will Do you think that'll make a change to their roster with all of the players they've had show up in these pre- games without her that have proved themselves just as good almost? So, do you think Lila coming back will make a difference on who's starting, or do you think Coach Murphy will start to rotate players more often?
1: So, after the after the game, I, I gave Coach Murphy a call, um, and I asked him at the at the end of my short little interview with him, I was like, "Hey, uh, how's Lila doing? Is she okay? When can we expect to see her back on the court?" Uh, uh, after the Southern Utah game, about was it, it would have been 13 days ago? Now he he gave me the answer of, "They're hoping for two weeks," and now tomorrow we would have marked that. Two week run. So mm-hmm. this week uh, is the is around where the timetable would be where she would be, she she would be able to return. She remember she's been out with a non COVID related illness. That's the you know official uh, statement from NU Athletics and, and all that. Um, so I I asked Coach Murphy I asked him like hey when do you expect can we can be expect here and they and he said that hopefully by this weekend uh, we'll see her. So NU volleyball they have a game on Thursday uh, against Idaho State here at, in Flagstaff at the Relativity Center. Uh, so maybe we'll be able to see her there. But, you know, semantically weekend, you know, we, they can, maybe we can consider Thursday the weekend, but uh, I wouldn't hold out too much hope uh, for to here in the Thursday game, especially you brought it up and how everyone else, has, uh, Chris, and how everyone else has stepped up. Morgan Gatmeyer, who has been sort of the, uh, the, who has been sort of the filler in terms in, in uh, Lila's role, she had a career, she had a career match against Portland State despite the loss, had a career high 14 kills and. Uh, very little uh very little errors in the game she was the uh APS player of the game uh, against Portland State so I asked Ken Murphy this the same question as well I was like hey when Lila comes back which I expected when we when we expected to come back at some point this week uh barring any setbacks uh what happens with Morgan will Morgan just come off the bench more often or how do you expect rotation to stay and he was it was something that he certainly had to sort of grasp and think about uh, when I asked, he's like, hey, he knows that they have three really good outside hitters uh, in Jacobson, uh, Hollis and Gatmeyer. But and now he's got to figure out how do you get those rotations in. And so I think that's just the real hard part is like, I think Hollis will get the start, will be the quote unquote starter. But I think that we'll see Gatmeyer get a lot more minutes.
3: And... Uh- I said, I said, uh, Nau lost to Sacramento State. I meant Portland State. Looked at the wrong sentence in my notes, but you're all good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
1: both green teams. They are both on the road, yeah. and they played them. We played them three days apart, so I. I, I there's certainly, it's understandable. Yeah.
3: So, well, you would have to, you would have to think that although other players have stepped up in her absence, you would have to think that when once Lila Hollis comes back, that that that's just going to be an even bigger uh, impact for the Jacks, but. But since others have been able to step up in their absence in her absence, excuse me, it hasn't been it uh, hasn't been disastrous, but when she but once she is able to come back, even if she's not a hundred percent, that's just uh that's that's just like a mid season addition.
1: Yeah, definitely. she was having a, a career sophomore year uh before she 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 uh she exited uh with the that in or that illness, excuse me. Um so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, like I said, any, play any volleyball plays Idaho state, uh, on Thursday, that should be, I mean, looking at standings, uh, NAU is going to be favored in that one, but then they got probably one of the, their biggest games of the year. That being on Saturday, uh, against the undefe- the conference undefeated Weaver state Wildcats, the defending big sky champions who will also be the hosts of the big sky tournament, uh, come mid November. Uh, so uh, any, was the only team to beat Weaver state in the regular season last semester, uh, in the spring season, of course, so it'll we'll certainly have to wait and see. But it, it, you know, if NU is able to at least be competitive in that game, I think we can expect to see some great things at the end of the season.
0: I agree, and you can catch both those games on ESPN Plus as they are home for the Lumberjacks in the Roll Activity Center. If no one else has anything on volleyball, no, all right, we are going to transition over to NAU Soccer, who took home two wins this weekend. Four one, being a four and one win over Weber State last Friday, and then a two and zero win over Idaho State on Sunday. What are you? What did you both see from the Lumberjacks this weekend in their games that helped push their momentum and mindset to take home these wins when they had such a rough start to the season?
1: Yeah, that's a, that Weber State game was a, a huge shock for me uh, personally. I think Weber State. Just like in volleyball they had come in uh to that game undefeated in the big sky uh in big sky conference play so with that being said i think uh any you certainly showed up and had their their best performance of the year given the competition that they played winning that, that match four to one uh some great uh, uh play from a multitude of players i'll go into the stats here with um, in that four in madison montgomery uh, per usual scoring, she got her fifth goal of the year. Uh, Mikhail Johnson got her first career goal uh, with the with the Lumberjacks, so congratulations to her. And Sam Larberg, who had an extraordinary weekend, starting off with this game uh, against Weber State, She got goals three and four within the span of I believe a minute and a half of each other. So uh, a dominant performance overall for the Lumberjacks, so and it certainly helped them in the in the standings.
3: Yeah, tremendous weekend from uh, Sam Larberg. Two goals and an assist in the Weber State game and had a goal in the Idaho State game. She has been a big part of this uh, now winning streak that they're on. And something interesting to think about is with as, with as tough as, the, as this season has been for soccer, their last three opponents, so, uh, Big Sky opponents, Southern Utah, Sac State, and Portland State, they have a combined conference record of 2-10-3 they have a wow. They have a good shot of winning all three of those mm-hmm. uh because those are all bottom in the big sky they're uh the battle for fourth right now they in eastern Washington each have nine points in the conference standing, so you gotta you gotta wonder if they can win all three of those games and bring that momentum into the uh big sky tournament, no matter what the seed is, that momentum they can make some noise
1: they are certainly still on the running to get third in, in the big start right Now they're only a point For sure. behind Montana, the team that ended, ended up, ended up winning the conference championship de facto uh, last season. Uh, they're only a point behind them. Montana. I mean, Montana has had some, had some great cult goal, goalkeeping. Uh, they had, I think their game against Northern Colorado, I think that's the first time they gave up a goal. And I want to say three or four games. So uh, there's certainly no, no, no slouch uh, this season, but looking at yeah like you said their schedule it, it, it was gonna peter out right they, their first three games in conference play were against the three teams that just so happened to make the conference tournament last year in Montana Northern Colorado and Idaho both all those being losses and then they, they turned it around against Eastern Washington get a, a, a one a, a greedy one nothing win in that one that was much needed and then here having a, a perfect two and0 weekend at home uh certainly uh has up their expectations uh like I said in the volleyball segment only six teams make the Big Sky tournament in soccer, and NU currently sits in fifth. Though they're only in, they're only behind Eastern Washington, given the fact that they played an extra game in non-conference that they lost uh, in that one. But NU did beat Eastern Washington, so they do have the tiebreaker in that sense. Um, so I think they, soccer surprised a lot of people. I think that the energy has certainly ticked up. Uh, their uh, their schedule going forward is certainly favorable for them, as you know, at, you know it would certainly was unbalanced uh, at the start, but it's certainly going to you know find its way to work. Uh, come to the end. But yeah, there's only three games left uh, with their next one being uh, a week in a week from now, basically uh, at home against uh, Southern Utah for what is essentially their senior day game.
0: Yeah, it is the Lumberjacks last home game. The Lumberjacks are on a three game win streak right now. So I think fans are hoping that they can continue it for their last home game and show the fans that sat through their multiple loss, multiple loss during the beginning of the season that they have proven themselves. And the dynamic on the team, you can tell when they're on the field, when they're on the sideline, their entire mindset has just changed almost. they It looks like they just completely reset, took a hard look at their gameplay, and are now on to something almost. They, like I said, are on this win streak, and they are becoming a huge opponent in the Big Sky bracket almost that opponents, I think, at the beginning were like, okay, just NAU, we're going to be fine. But now they've seen them turn their season around, and these underrated players are now starting to show up on the field, get those goals for the Lumberjacks, and I think this team all around is something to watch.
1: They started off the season 0-7, and, and ever since then, uh, they've been 5-3, so it's certainly been they've turned around in the uptick. and they've that that Idaho State game. Idaho State, another struggling team. Uh, in that sense, they uh, they only got their first win a couple of days prior against Southern Utah, who NEU plays uh, this weekend. But I think their record now is 1-13-1. And, and so uh, not not the toughest of opponents there. But they did put up a good fight. NEU put up 23 shots in the win against Idaho State, only scoring two goals, whereas uh, Idaho State only put up two shots uh, with only one of them being on goal, and it was a save by Natalie Monzo in the 85th minute. So uh They were able to hold him off even from shooting the ball until seven minutes ago in the match. But uh, I wanted to talk about a few things. Mainly, it was a slow start to the second half uh, or the the first half. The second half, 20 seconds in, NAU was able to draw a penalty. Uh, You know, they, Idaho State started with the ball. They uh, kicked the ball back out to their their back line to their defenders and they basically fell asleep. And Madison Montgomery came rushing through and, and took the ball and drew a foul. Uh, against Bella Anderson, a defender for a freshman defender for Idaho State. What from what was seemingly outside the box, um, she got pulled from behind. They called the whistle. Um, they ended up awarding Montgomery the, the, the penalty kick and they gave Bella Anderson a red card. So, wow. so with that, it's the first time Idaho State had been red carded all year. So, that made it that un, that put him uh, down, uh, you know, 11 or 10 to 11 in terms of people, uh, players on the field. So, and he was basically uh, playing with a power play. Uh, in that sense for the the entirety of the uh the second half Montgomery's penalty kick did get blocked uh she tried to aim it uh to her right uh it was on the ground and goal, the goalkeeper uh Wetzel is their is the goalkeeper's last name for Idaho State uh she had a she had a great game uh despite giving up those two goals cuz she any would not would just kept berating her with shots left and right uh so there, so there's that and then i believe that the big sky announces their Player Big Sky Soccer announces their players of the week on Tuesday. That's what they did last week. Keep an eye out because I I can guarantee right now Sam Larger, Larberg will probably be offensive player of the week. So keep an eye out on Big Sky uh, Soccer Twitter for that. She scored three goals in two uh, in two games uh, and led them in both those games. They were wins. I think it's you'll be hard pressed to find anyone else in the Big Sky with that. Um, also, quick I wanted to mention with 3:51 left in this game, you uh, suffered a huge loss with uh, Victoria Pucci who went down. Uh, with an ankle injury she, or any you kept playing they're were, they were trying to score another goal um it was a basically a volleyed pass that went into the box uh Pucci and the goalkeeper uh, Wetz, uh wetzel that's her name uh they, they basically had a, a head-on collision um where Pucci got her her ankle caught on wetzel and hit the ground hard um it was a very gruesome injury we'll, i will say that she you can tell she was in a lot of pain um they took her they looked at her on the sideline on the uh, injury table for a good while even after the game, uh, and she did have to leave the the uh, leave the table and the field on crutches. There, of course, I asked uh, head coach Kylie Lowe uh, how, just how she's doing. It just immediately after the game, obviously, not a whole lot of information. All she had to say was, obviously, she's in a lot of pain right now, and that you know we'll we'll figure out in in the next few days, you know, what we'll we'll figure out any, some more information. And we'll see how she's doing here, but. You know, it, it would look like a bad injury. Uh, I don't think it's anything, you know, extremely, like, dire serious, but, you know, it looked it look painful enough to where it can keep her out maybe for, the, for these next few games. And I wouldn't be surprised if they save her specifically for, for Big size Soccer uh, tournament because I think they're, with their schedule, I think they're for sure going to make it.
0: I agree. I think it's always unfortunate when a player goes down on the Lumberjacks. And this was a big loss, like you said, Brennan, for the team, but... Does anyone else have anything to say about soccer?
1: Uh, she she had two goals so, so far this year. Those were her first two goals of her career. So uh, she was on her way to get a third before that injury happened. So it's, it's a big loss, especially with uh, in terms of depth. She was she subbed in and out of the game a lot. So certainly helps with the rotations there. And hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood that she will be healthy enough to play. And we also hate to see injury, injuries on any team on any sport, no matter who you root for. Obviously, injuries are are a scourge on sports, and we hate to see them happen whenever they do.
0: Well, with that, we are going to wrap up our discussion about NAU soccer. And now, our weekly segment, The Axe Attack. Brendan, take over.
1: All right. So, just like last week, not a whole lot going on at the beginning of the week. We'll start off on Wednesday where women's tennis uh, will be competing at the ITA Mountain Regionals in Las Vegas all day. We talked about a little bit last week on the podcast edition of the show. Gina Dittman, she defeated the number 14th ranked uh, women's player in the nation uh in the uh, in the all-american invitational last week so obviously a huge congratulations to her certainly will help her in the rankings uh come uh, coming up at uh, start of the season uh going on to Thursday now once again women's tennis will continue to compete in that uh ITA Mountain Regional that will be going on up until Sunday so uh just keep an eye out for that um as we mentioned NEU volleyball will be taking on Idaho State here in Flagstaff at the Royal Activity Center at 6:30 p.m. there NEU will be looking to avenge their loss against uh against portland state they just came off of a four a four match road trip and they will be starting a four match home stretch with that game on thursday going on to friday now the cross country cross country both men's and women's cross country will be at the florida state university fsu invite which will be also the pre-nationals for uh uh, ncaa cross country that will be in tallahassee florida uh times will be to be determined but keep an eye out on the nu athletics website as well as social media for updates on that uh, I expect both the men's and women's teams to show up greatly. Uh, the men's team, of course, defending national champions. The women's team just coming off a huge win at the, sh- the Paul Short Run uh, in Lehigh University just a couple weeks ago. Going on to Saturday, it's the big one. Homecoming is here, finally. NEU football will be taking on Southern Utah at J. Lawrence Welcome Cup Skydome at 1 p.m. You can catch that on ESPN Plus as well as Lumberjack Radio Network. Uh Women's swim will actually be competing as well. They'll have a, a, a they'll have a meet against Arizona Christian as well as Ottawa here in Flagstaff. That'll start at 1:30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It'll be great to see what they can do after they're coming off uh, of another championship, uh, another championship season, uh, just a semester ago in the spring. Um, another big one for homecoming: Any volleyball will be taking on the under the conference undefeated Weaver State Wildcats. In flag stuff again, Roll Activity Center, that game will be at 6 p.m., so pretty much right after uh, the football game. So if you want to swing right over there, once again, ESPN Plus there. I expect to uh, see a good one. Could be a preview of what's to come uh, once you get to Big Sky Tournament time. And then finally, we'll go to Sunday. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, that being another soccer game, it'll be well, NEU Soccer's final home game. It'll be their third to last game of the season. They'll be taking on the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, who after their loss against Idaho State, they will be going. Uh, they have now fallen down to last in the Big Sky. So... Uh, could be a sleeper game for NEU. Obviously, uh, you know, no game is easy. NEU uh, has shown that they can they can beat uh, st- uh, strong opponents like we were saying, but they also have lost against opponents that they pr- were projected to win and projected to beat, such as GCU. So that'll be a good one to see, a uh, good test of strength to see how NEU does there uh, in terms of that. Now, now, what do you guys think, looking at all those games in, uh, in the AXE attack, is there a game that stands out to you the most this upcoming weekend?
3: Uh, besides football, for sure, I'm sure I'm interested to see how they how they perform if they can put another complete performance out there after their best game of the year, U of A game aside. Best game of the year against Idaho State uh, before the bye. But I'm also interested to see how volleyball does and uh, excuse me does against Weber State when Weber State came in into Flagstaff last year. NAU ended their undefeated record, so I'm really interested to see how that match plays out again this year for sure.
0: Yeah, I think. I'm also interested in the football game. I'll be at the football game this weekend, but I'm also interested to see where volleyball ends up. I want to see if they can come back off this loss and redeem themselves and boost their way back up higher into the standings so they feel more comfortable with where they are at going into playoffs. I think soccer, it's their last home game. I think it's going to be a big game for them as there are a few seniors on the team. Uh, Brendan, what about you? Are there any games you're looking forward to? Uh,
1: obvious, uh, aside from the obvious football one, I mean, you guys mentioned uh, volleyball against were State. Obviously, that's a huge one against such a good team. I'm, I'm interested to see what U soccer does in that uh, final home game against Southern Utah. I think a lot of people, including myself, were expecting a, a lot more loss out of a score other than 2-0 uh, against Idaho State. Uh, but now they get to play against a team that Idaho State beat for once for the f- first time uh in their season so it'll be interesting to see uh what they do there and of course it'll be interesting to see uh how rotations work and whether or not victoria uh victoria pucci plays and uh, obviously i think we can all expect to see uh natalie monzo play uh the full 90 minutes there
0: agreed well thank you michael for joining us today on this week's edition of the axe it was great having you brendan as always great job This has been The Axe. You can check us out every Monday, 7 to 8 p.m. on KLJX LP Flagstaff. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to have you listening next week.